All right, my name is Aaron Rhodes, and you're listening to the Shuttlecock Podcast, we're sponsored by the Vinyl Underground at 7th Heaven, offering new and used vinyl at 76 and Troost in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, this week on the podcast, we have Cameron Capers from Beyond the Sound. How you doing? What's up, man? How are you? Pretty, pretty all right. Um, yeah, so where, where to start? Um, yeah, it's weird interviewing. I'm usually doing this too. So. Yeah, no, it's it's the it, I I always there's like a just the smallest difference in doing it like with someone that you've known for a minute, then someone right. that you've never met, and then just all the stuff exactly. in between. But um, yeah, I've, 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 we've known each other a few a few years now, like maybe maybe like three or four almost. Maybe five. Yeah, it's been a while. I think 2015, 2016. So yeah, maybe maybe we met. Okay, uh, well we'll we'll get back to. We'll, we'll jump to that in a moment, but I guess we can start with um, just childhood music stuff. I usually give it a start there. So what, what was like the first music you were introduced to as a kid and how did you find out about that? Um, so one of the first like earliest memories I have, like hearing a song, like and, like having a response to it. Um, I was like four or five, I think. Um, this is Lifetime by Maxwell. Um, I was living in Ohio at the time I was a kid, and I just remember, like, that song just, like, resonated with me a lot, um, and that was the first time I ever had, like, an emotional or, like, any type of reaction to, like, a song before, so that's definitely one of my earliest memories, but um, my mom's side was more of, like, R&B and, like, pop stuff, so a lot of, like, Barry White and, like, Earth, Wind and & Fire and all that, and then my dad's side of the family was, like, he was, like, a hippie and stuff, you know, so it was, like, Jimi Hendrix and, like, uh, Led Zeppelin and, like, Joe Walsh and all that, like, rock stuff, so... Yeah, growing up, I had, like, a weird mixture of, like, R&B and then, like, rock. So that definitely was, like, kind of the foundation of what I listen to now, in a sense. It sounds like you were getting a lot of classics. Definitely, yeah. And it wasn't, like, I didn't even know who they were, you know. I just, it was what they played all the time. So it was, like, we didn't have Spotify back then either. So I couldn't, like, look it up or see who it was. So, yeah, it was just, like, just the stuff they were playing around me growing up. Oh, yeah. And um, I guess where, where I usually go from there is, like, so like you have this kind of foundation as a kid, but when, when's the first time that you really like kind of discover like different music for yourself? Um, that's a good question. I would say probably like fifth or sixth grade is when I started to kind of like venture out on my own a little bit. Um, Cause at the time I was listening to a lot of rock and like hip hop was pretty much it. Mm. Um, but yeah, around middle school is when I got more into like, electronic and like alternative stuff and kind of like ventured out and I think listening to like rock and R&B growing up kind of gave me that like you know foundation of like oh this is kind of connected to this you know so it's kind of like as I got older I kind of just kind of snowballed and listened to different things. Mm. It, so where, where were you like were you just like on the internet and finding all the alternative and electronic stuff yourself? Or? Yeah or like my friends would tell me about certain stuff too um, and then I think around uh yeah eighth or ninth grade i started going to concerts more too so that definitely helped a lot um like opening bands and stuff you know i'd find new bands i never heard of before um and then like obviously streaming services helped a lot too so i definitely just kind of went into like um just a whole i started just discovering new stuff and even today i still go back and i've been listening to more old stuff that now i've gotten older you know so um there's a lot of stuff i couldn't listen to growing up it was like super explicit you know so now that i'm old i've listened like a lot of like old jay-z and like old rappers and like I've been getting more into punk music too recently which I know you're very uh, well versed with that um but yeah it's just cool kind of learning more about like not only black history but just how music has evolved over the past you know 50 60 years so yeah there's been a lot of learning over the past few years for me for sure oh yeah and uh I always forget what what how old were you when you moved because you grew up in Ohio and you yeah. moved to Kansas City after a while um, we moved here it was like 2006 2007 so I've been here longer than I live in Ohio which is weird because mm -hmm. I you know grew up there um yeah I've been here since 2006 I think the summer yeah I've been so yeah, it's been uh, and long. so when I'm guessing when you were in Ohio you didn't know maybe that much about like local like you know musicians from Ohio no not at all yeah I was still really young so I was like yeah I moved here I went to the fifth grade like once we moved here so yeah I was still young so I wasn't really listening to like, any local stuff um and I had like family members we didn't really have anyone that played music that much like they like would rap and stuff here and there but um, my brother Denzel and I were the only ones in our family who like really did play and like are into music to like, this level 
Um, so yeah, when I moved to Kansas City, I definitely learned a lot more about uh, local music. And that started around uh, 2015, I think, is when we moved downtown. Um, and that's definitely when that kind of like opened the doors to a lot of artists I'd never heard of before. So yeah, that definitely was like a huge shift for me. And that's when Beyond the Sound really started to like, I took it more seriously, you know, started to like do more with it. So yeah. And yeah, you mentioned your brother, Danzel. Uh, he, he's a musician also. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can tell like you guys are like pretty important in each other's like kind of music discovery and just like, yeah, I'm sure you find new artists through each other all the time and probably have for a while now. Yeah. And like he'll, we both do the same thing. Like he'll recommend something to me and it'll take him like a year to listen to it or like vice versa. Like, yeah, listen to this, listen to this. And when he finally does, like we like both love it, you know? So yeah. I was, and he's a year and a half older than me. So we like grew up, you know, I have, I'm the youngest of four kids, but um, we've always been super close because how close in age we are. Um, but yeah, he definitely even, um, you could say to an extent, he kind of helped start Beyond the Sound because he actually recommended it to me. Um, it was right after high school I graduated. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and he's like, oh yeah, you should like, start a blog. And I was like, uh, like maybe, you know, I kind of blew it off when he first said it. Um, and then like four or five months later, I kind of played with the idea more. And then that was kind of when it first started was basically him recommending it. So, um, but yeah, we've played music like our entire lives, uh, self-taught, both of us are. Um, but I haven't played music in years, but he still produces the stuff, obviously. But I've done more of like the blog and like working in venues and stuff. So at some point we kind of like took different paths, but we still, you know, have the same passion for it for sure. Yeah, because uh, but you, you were you were in a band locally at one point, like mm-hmm. when you're you're still a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Incountable Kings is a band name, which uh, in hindsight is not a great name. Um, but yeah that's so crazy you mentioned that because like being in bands in high school really taught us a lot more than that probably gave credit for um like we were in high school like hitting up like promoters and stuff and like doing shows like um our drummer uh, the original drummer zach um his neighborhood they had like a clubhouse and we would like rent it out and like invite our friends and have shows there and we're like a sophomores in high school you know um so yeah like in a crazy way that band really taught me a lot about like um like working with other people, you know, like managing a band and like figuring out like what works and what doesn't work. So, um, yeah, that was definitely like a huge learning uh, process for me. And it still has taught me a lot into this day for sure. And were you playing guitar or bass? Or... I was playing bass. I played keyboard for a little bit too. Nice. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. There's definitely some embarrassing videos of me on YouTube <laughs> if you want to go look at them. But um, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there are talented dudes and like, um, it's just so crazy how much we had that drive and that young age like that, you know, to even like start a band and like really take it seriously. Um, so yeah, and I still, I still talk to the guitar player, Scott. I'm really close friends with him. Um, but yeah, that was a long time ago, but definitely taught me a lot. <laughs> yeah. No, and they, they still play as the UKs now, right? Um, I think, I think they may have broken up. I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. but I know one of the members started a new band, so I'm not really sure what they're doing, but I know that they're all playing music to some extent, but just different projects probably at this point. Mm-hmm um so yeah what uh you mentioned like when you kind of moved uh closer to downtown uh like around the end of high school is when you kind of started to uh like learn more about kansas city's music scene what was some of like the first local acts that you were interested in or familiar with um well um one of the first ones uh was kai colors and i just interviewed him actually for beyond the booth this podcast i started um i was actually at a party it was like a get together and someone was playing one of his songs and i was like oh who is this and someone told me about it um and that was really cool even at that time to see kid city behind him that much you know he was at a young age like that um and so yeah kai was one of them uh Zaren michael was another one uh aaron alexander uh alexander press and all of them uh, we even did some shows together at some point uh with Denzel's old band brother too which was really cool um, so yeah, there were definitely a lot of rappers were the first bands. A uh, youth pool was another one that I got into pretty early. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I didn't realize how diverse the scene here was until I moved downtown. I thought it was basically just like a bunch of rappers in Kansas City and that was it. Um, but there's definitely a lot of different types of musicians here. So, and that's even gotten, you know, more so over the past few years as well. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, you started, uh, Beyond the Sound just after high school. Yeah. 2015, 2016 around then. Mm. So you uh you say that Danzel like gave you the idea to he he told you that you should start the blog like what what do you think finally like 
motivated you to do that and like what what got you excited about like doing it in the first year or two um I think just my passion for music it was like I loved it so much I didn't have like an outlet to talk about or anything so I think that was a huge part of it for sure um but also when I first started I actually just had like a tumblr page for it and I was like, no, this isn't really working out. So after a while, I switched over to like an actual website to have like just, you know, more like uh, interactive and like just more spread out everything. Um, but yeah, I think just wanting to like kind of have a voice, um, especially uh, being black, you know, and like the music I listen to is so diverse. I wanted to kind of give a voice that may have not been here before, you know, um, and kind of give people like a different perspective than they haven't thought about before either because um, I've listened like played music for so long you know it's like I thought it'd be cool to kind of have something new and fresh maybe that I can bring to the table that hasn't been done here before so that was definitely a huge part of it as well. Do you do you think like your your motivations for doing the blog has changed much over the years or do you still is is it still kind of that core like mission that you just talked about? Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I definitely have learned more, like, uh, wanting to kind of expand it more and kind of make, like, hopefully turn into a business one day, because right now I don't only make any money off of it. You know, I just do it more, like, just for the passion of music and all that. Um, but, yeah, a long-term goal for me will look to kind of be able to uh, brand, like, monetize the website and the podcast and stuff like that. Um, but also, I want to learn more about all of that first before I just jump into it. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely like to kind of expand it. Um, also, I want to be able to hire my friends more and like have them do stuff, but I don't want to be the guy that is like, oh yeah, like you just do this for me and like I'll give you some exposure or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, I'll be able to pay my friends, like help them out too. Like, I get like their services are important too. So um, yeah, that's definitely a dream of mine, be able to like invest in my friends and like kind of help them out as well. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, and um, in the last couple of years, you've also uh, been doing some like venue staff work at like the Truman and the Midland. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, like, would you say that you've learned a lot from ha- having those jobs or like, has your perspective on like music industry and media like changed through doing that? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And I'm definitely so grateful for that. Cause like I said, like I didn't, like we didn't like go to school or college for any of this, you know, like, we just really just did it off the basis of like our passion and love for music. Um, and it's actually crazy. The first job I got was at the Truman and it was before they were uh, even opened up. I just hit them up and they posted on Facebook. They were coming here and it was like a shot in the dark. Basically, I just hit them up. Like, hey, this is what I'm doing, you know, and I wanted to work in the venue. Uh, and Matt Phillips, actually, he's from he's in Tennessee now. Uh, he hit me back up and basically offered me a job. And that was just so cool, you know, uh, for him to kind of take a chance with me like that when he didn't even know who I was. But um, I think he can kind of see that I was passionate about it and I wanted to learn more. So I think that was a huge part of it. Um, but then the true room was 2017. I started working there and that kind of led to a job at the Midland because um, Neil Smith is another guy. He works here. Uh, he kind of gave me a job there. So it kind of all like was a chain reaction type thing. Um, but yeah, man, I've learned so much from working at venues. Um, like the box office has been huge for me, just learning how everything works. Um, doing merch has been really cool too, to like interact with people um, and kind of see how they like do stuff like in and out in the night and all that. Um, I've done some VIP assistant type stuff too. Um, so yeah, that was definitely like a huge, um, confidence booster for me. Um, cause it kind of validated what I've been doing so far. And it was like, people could see that I was, uh, taking it seriously and working hard. Um, and so, yeah, I was definitely discouraging beginning of the year. I had some stuff planned, uh, to do more venue stuff, but obviously COVID, um, kind of shut everything down, but yeah, hopefully if things do kind of open up next year, I would like to get more back into that because I definitely felt like I was finding my footing with it. Um, and really building momentum, but obviously, like I said, COVID kind of uh, fucked everything up. So, um, do you, no, yeah, and do you, do you think the I don't know? Would you say that the the pandemic has changed like your own listening habits or like anything about how you interact with music, other than the fact that like you can't go to shows right now? Uh, yeah, it has. Um, there's definitely I felt like a level of uncertainty this year for sure. Um, like I said, um, me working in venues, like I was making money from that, obviously, and the blog I'm not. So I was definitely kind of uh, veering more into doing venue stuff more just because I was making money off of it. Um, so, yeah, I've definitely felt like a level of pessimism, you know, around everything that's going on just because we don't know what's going to happen next year, you know, if live music is going to be a thing or not. So it's definitely been hard to kind of plan for the future. Um, but when it comes to listening to music, um, not really. I've been thinking about it. I feel like I've listened to more local music this year than like anything else, which is surprising. 
Uh, but there's been so many great releases this year. So it was like, I think a month, like even though the pandemic has been terrible, I think local music has been doing really well. Um, there's so many musicians here doing really cool things. So um, I will say it's it's been hard to listen to music and get excited about it sometimes. Like some days I just don't really care to be honest, but um, overall I still am very passionate about it. It's just this year, obviously it's been so crazy. It's kind of hard to keep that um, excitement sometimes. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. yeah and what, um, I don't know if you're working on any kind of like year end list or anything, but like I, do, do you have like a handful of, favorite local releases this year you wanted to mention definitely well yeah i was going to do one um but i don't really know how i feel about it at this point because i've been thinking about that and it's like i don't know i think it's important to let people's music speak for itself but it's not bad obviously to have an opinion and like write about it obviously uh. um but i don't want to be in a position where i feel like i'm maybe discouraging someone like release music or like if they like, read something i write and it's like oh like this guy hates me or whatever I hate my music. I don't want them to feel discouraged. I mean, obviously they wouldn't, but that's just how I think. And I've, uh, it's actually a tie from Black Star Kids. He did an interview. I think it was Zane Lowe. Did like a short little chat with him. Uh-huh. He had mentioned like um, how like all like forms of music is valid or something like that. I'm butchering what he said, but that really resonated with me because I think um, a lot of times we get so obsessed with like critiquing people's music instead of letting it just kind of be what it is. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do one this year or not because I've kind of changed my views on it a little bit. Um, but when it comes to local music, um, there's been a lot of great, uh, Dame, his uh, project was really good. Yeah. Uh, Pretty Girls Listen to Dame is the uh, name of it. Um, and then Black Star Kids, I mentioned them. Their new album is really, really solid. Um, and like I said, I just have a lot of respect for them because I, I see a lot of myself in them, you know, because um, they don't really fit into one genre, really. Um, and that's something I've always identified with because I think, once again, uh, being Black, it's like a lot of times in the music industry, we got get pigeonholed into one thing, you know. Um, and so it's cool to see bands like that kind of, break the mold and not really conform to one thing yeah. um who else don chronicles he had a really good album as well i know i'm forgetting some people i feel bad later no, on the, the dom um, album is probably my favorite of his so far and he's he's yeah, had a lot of material yeah it's really solid and um yeah that's one thing about kansas city artists they're so cohesive their projects like the visuals and like um everything they're doing is like just watching from when i started covering music up till now it's been so cool um to see the growth in people and like how they change um but yeah there's been a lot of good projects like i said i know i'm forgetting some um those are just a few just to name off the top of my head yep and um so yeah you you mentioned that you've done a few episodes of the beyond the booth podcast so far you did riley the musician um paris williams and kai colors Mm -hmm. uh what 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 made like the last few months like uh I don't know what, what made you decide that this was the, the time to do the podcast? Um, well, I actually started this summer. I think it was like May was the first episode. Okay, yeah. Excuse me. Um, but then I think right after that was when like all the writing stuff was happening here, you know, so I just felt like I needed to take a break from it because I didn't feel right about promoting my stuff. And that's no judgment to people that did, you know, I get it. Like people, um, art and music can be really like, therapeutic for a lot of people. So I'm definitely not trying to like uh, look down anybody for doing stuff while that was happening. Um, but also just from like a mental health standpoint, uh, I bring race back into it, you know, being black in Missouri is obviously can be very traumatic just because yeah. all the shit is going on here. Um, so yeah, it was definitely hard for me to feel motivated to even do it in the first place. Um, so I kind of took a break after the first two episodes just to kind of get myself together. Um, and also was moving in the process of that and working full time, you know, so I had a lot of stuff going on at the time, but uh, once I kind of moved in and got settled, I started doing it again. I enjoy, you know, talking like this instead of, uh, writing sometimes because it's easier to have a conversation you wouldn't know just going back and forth um but yeah i thought it was a good time just because uh live music i was covering that for the blog but like you said we can't do that right now so i wanted to kind of do something else but kind of still be releasing stuff um that people could be interested in um and once again i think the podcast would be cool just because i think i have like a pretty well-versed uh, musical knowledge if you want to say that um and i just like to talk to people about their music and how they come up with stuff so yeah, I just wanted to do something different that I haven't done before, and I thought the podcast would be a cool way to kind of try something new, basically. No, oh, yeah, and I, I think it's I, – I enjoy having oh, – because you, you launched the Beyond the Booth this year, and then Andre also launched uh, the Sabre podcast recently. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. – and I know we're all going to have, like, a handful of the same guests also, but I, I'm going to – like, I, I hope that all three of them are, like, functioning at the same time just because like we're all gonna ask questions that I think the other ones 
may not bring up and exactly so i think like it's it's like you know having one like uh blog or podcast covering local music is like you know of course it's better than having no one cover it but like to having like a, a handful of different voices involved in doing like local music journalism is something I think that's beneficial to a scene in the end, just because you get all those different perspectives. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, even you, that's, um, I think, yeah, like we said, it was like 2000, I think we met, it was like a skate, it was a, a tattoo shop or something in Crossroads. It was a show there. And it was like a skate, like ramp in the front part of it. I don't know the name of it, um, but it was during the summer. I don't know. <laughs> it's well, in would, would that have been at Mercy Seat? I think like, so, yeah. I think it was Mercy Seat. By the Star Building? Yeah, that's where it yeah. was at. I guess okay. the first time I actually met in person. Um, and yeah, that was just cool even uh, to meet you because I've definitely see you as a kind of a pillar here. Not just like, I'm not trying to catch up or anything. That's how I feel. Um, but I think you've done a lot of amazing work here. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a pillar, Cameron. Don't, Both don't pillars. Started. <laughs> no, yeah, I think you've done a lot of amazing work. Um, and, you know, and I think it's cool you don't just do one type of music, you know. Um, you do like punk and like rap and all this different stuff. So yeah, you definitely have uh, even inspired me to like want to do more in this scene too. Um, yeah, yeah, and then Andre, like you said too, that's really cool to have uh, different perspectives and different uh, sources because it kind of cultivates the culture here um, and gives a voice and kind of spreads it out. Because um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter like the whole Grammy thing uh, when the nominations came out. Um, I was just thinking about that. Like, I don't know why people care so much because like I was thinking about I can list off like artists from Kansas City that deserve a Grammy more than someone else, you know. So it's like. Mm. I kind of wish people would get out of that mindset of like trying to, you know, reach like this, like I need to get this award to validate my art. You know, I think you should just kind of be proud of what you're making. Um, I think Kansas City has a lot to be proud of for sure. Cause there's a lot of amazing uh, music coming out of Kansas City right now. Yeah, no, I mean, I think since I come from kind of the world of like punk and hardcore, like I like off the bat don't care quite as much about like institutions like the Grammys and, stuff right. like that but I, I definitely get the the like wanting to mm-hmm. you know be recognized on a national or an international level and that is like one of the very like um I don't know it's something that everybody knows about like oh you can tell your your family that you have a Grammy or right like, all that stuff and people will be like oh that's that's you're, you're actually a big deal like because you yeah. can't really quantify it in other ways mm-hmm. sometimes when you're successful in like music or the arts mm-hmm. but um uh, no yeah i think i think there there are plenty of uh can see musicians that will have will have their shot at it uh in the yeah. not no, I think, yeah i think the next like i would say probably five years i think there's gonna definitely be like a kind of like an opening of more local artists getting that uh national and international recognition like you said mm-hmm. um like even you know once again bring up bike star kids you just interviewed them too um, them getting signed dirty hit is that was so cool to see that. Yeah. Um, because there's not a lot of artists here that get signed to big labels like that. I'm um, obviously getting signed to a label doesn't like you know it isn't like it doesn't like it doesn't have to happen basically, but it's still cool to see that. Um, especially yeah. a black group like that too. It's that been a lot to me just to see that. Um, but yeah, I think the next couple of years is going to definitely be more artists here that are getting that bigger attention. They definitely deserve it. Um, like I said, uh, Kai Color is another example. Like I, I've said since the first time I saw him, like he has a star quality. Uh, my brother, he's the same way. He's super talented and, like, well-versed, too. So, yeah, I'm really excited to see more artists kind of get that bigger um, platform to kind of share their music because, yeah, they definitely deserve it. And the Midwest, I think, deserves more recognition for sure because, yeah, I think Missouri and Kansas doesn't really get the the attention it deserves a lot of the time. Mm. Oh, yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, on both ends, having, like, more – like traditional hip hop breakthrough, like through someone like Kai or Dame or a handful of other guys, will will be really cool. I think it feel if you know, it, I don't know. We're we're both two Kansas City guys, so I guess we're a little biased, but it, right. it does feel like somewhat inevitable that one of them or a handful will break through. And then yeah, yeah. on like the kind of like poppier indie and with Black Star Kids, uh, to see that that door kind of opening for. Uh, people making music like that is is really cool to see already too right yeah when I interviewed Kai he mentioned that like uh, the huge reason why he does what he does because he wants to inspire like people younger than him you know and that's the same thing for like yeah like that's why I do too it's like I want to say people younger than me like oh yeah like this kid from Kansas City you know did what I want to do you know um and that means more to me than like the accolades and like all that other stuff um I just love music and I want to be able to 
share my thoughts and opinions and kind of give someone else like, um, like, oh, I never thought about that, you know, or like kind of challenged what you think about stuff. Yeah. Um, Cause there's been a lot of times in music where uh, it's challenged the way I think about things, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that's a huge uh, part of it. That's so rewarding to me. So yeah, I'm definitely excited to see uh, what's going to happen in the next couple of years for sure. Can, can you think of any specific moments where you've been like challenged or changed the way you thought by like someone in, in music like that? Definitely. Um, yeah. One of the first albums, uh, I think it was 2010. I could be wrong. I Foster the People, other debut album. Um, that was a time where I wasn't listening to a lot of alternative stuff. Um, but they definitely, that album really uh, challenged my mind when it comes to like what a pop album can be and what like electronic album can be, you know, because um, they mixed in a lot of stuff I'd never heard before. So that was definitely one of the first times where like I really had to like challenge myself. And it was like, um, I've noticed the music I don't like at first usually ends up being my favorite songs down the road because it kind of challenged me. Like, yeah, I don't like this, you know, and then the more I listen to it, I kind of unpack it more and it's like, wow, this is really good. So um, yeah, that was definitely one of the first albums for sure um, that really challenged my way of thinking. And another one too, um, Led Zeppelin, I don't know that's kind of a good example, but a lot of their timing was really crazy. Mm-hmm. I never heard like kind of weird time signatures before. So I was like, well, like, what is this? You know, and that definitely, and that connects to hip hop music, you know, like beats and stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of like little things that happen that kind of like sparked my interest and made me think about things differently. Um, I don't know if you've watched on Netflix, it's called um, Hip Hop Evolution. Yeah. No, um, it's yeah, it's really good. And they had an episode about um, producers and the Jay, uh, Jay Dilla part where they were talking about how he didn't like uh, use a metronome and stuff. And a lot of his beats were kind of off uh, beat. Like, that kind of stuff is so cool to me because it kind of shows like little um, imperfections in music that make it, you know, personable and like interesting. So, yeah, those are like, a few things like that that have definitely kind of changed the way I think about music. Mm. No, yeah. And you, yeah, you mentioned uh, Foster the People and I, I, I definitely saw them one year at Buzz Beach Ball. And yeah, like, I, I've, you know, it's, it's, they're not a band that I like listen to on a regular basis, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, that, that was, it was a fun enough show. And uh, like, and so, yeah, you do, um, you do end up covering like a lot of kind of like indie pop and like kind of like even, even, I don't know. I, I like that um, even though some of that stuff isn't stuff that I listen to, Mm-hmm. Like the only other like real like local voice for like local platform for that sound is like uh formerly known as ninety six five the buzz. I know they just did their weird rebranding right. through their their ownership. They're ninety six five KC now. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> no, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but, like just just to have like an outside voice like weighing in on um that sounds so it's not just like the one radio station that has a say in exactly. that music is, is something i value right. and like you know to, to have like an outside voice like in you know every little like kind of niche in a city's music scene is something i see as like a positive no i definitely agree and even them um yeah they uh they were supportive of like even things we were doing like when i was in different bands and stuff mm-hmm. um but i think stuff like that um with the buzz to be specifically is like i think there was a problem with like a disconnect between what they were listening to and what the like audience here in kansas city wanted to listen to mm-hmm. um but i do get a lot of radio stuff like you know it's based on labels and all that so i get all that yeah. um but i do think yeah um there's like a disconnect where it's like they're like bringing bands here that people would only care about have already seen before you know and that's why it's so important for me to like introduce bands people that they don't know about or like that didn't hear about before so it's like i think it's important to like kind of cover a broad spectrum and not just like oh this one big artist you know that's doing really well it's like talk about them all the time like I think it's better to like talk about different people um because they're like oh yeah I want to see that person like when they come here now like not just the same you know 10 bands over and over again because that doesn't really add any uh, depth to the scene at all so yeah I do agree that um it's important for me to kind of give a different perspective and yeah just a different voice to the best of my ability oh yeah and you mentioned that uh, yeah, the buzz was, uh, they would play, I think during the, is it the homegrown buzz? Uh, mm-hmm. They were playing some of Brother, which was your brother Danzel's yeah. old band. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you were kind of like managing them, working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Danzel's also doing like solo music right now, right? Yeah, and, uh, Middle Child. Middle yeah, Child. Yeah, yeah um, and you're, you're I'm, I'm 
you, you've been working with him on that and like mm-hmm. trying yeah. to get him press and everything. What, what's uh, that process been like, like since he started doing the solo stuff and like, what do you, what do you see like coming next for it? Um, it's been cool. Um, Cause yeah, like I said, I, after high school, I kind of stopped playing live music. Um, I was in like a field of bands, but they didn't really paint out. It was just like for fun, basically. Um, but I started managing. That was really cool because it was definitely a challenge. Um, but it definitely kind of helped me actually be on the sound a lot. I was talking to like booking agents and like press people, you know. So that was kind of cool to learn more about that. And then like going to venues and actually seeing how everything is set up. And that kind of parlayed into me eventually working at venues, you know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been challenging uh, just because live music is such a huge part of, you know, bands and the way they get exposure and everything. Um, because obviously social media can help a lot, but um, for me, live music is so important because um, it kind of separates, because anybody can sound good, obviously, in a recording, but a live music really sets the tone of like how a band really is or an artist. Um, so yeah, it's been cool. Um, he's also working at some of the studios here too. So he's been like just writing on the side. Um, but yeah, next year, we're definitely just going to start just pushing it more and doing more stuff. Um, like I said, with live music, everything is so up in the air right now. It's hard to plan like super far ahead. Um, but yeah, really just making music and, um, yeah, just trying to work with more people. Like once again, I brought up Kai, but in the interview, he actually mentioned what I wanted to work with him. So that would be cool to see that because they're like kind of two different worlds, you know, like Denzel's style is different from Kai's. So that could be a cool collaboration. Um, and I would love to see more of that happen here. Uh, just with different people. Um, like I remember, um, Gabe from Black Star Kid, she tweeted about wanting to rap more. That would be cool to see her, you know, rap with like someone from around here. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff is interesting to me. Um, so yeah, really just trying to build on what I've learned already, um, and kind of be able to be a better manager. Um, my biggest thing right now is trying to learn more about like, uh, engagement and like, uh, social media and like marketing and all that. Um, so I've been doing some research like at home, you know, just learning more about it and trying to figure out what my next steps are going to be. But yeah, for right now, definitely next year, just, um, yeah, releasing music and hopefully playing live music if that's an opportunity we really don't know yet, you know, so uh, yeah, it's hard to plan, but. Oh yeah, and I, Danzel's put out like one or two songs through mm-hmm. As a Middle Child so far, and I remember uh, what was the was this the first single like October October thirty first yeah yeah I like that one yeah. and uh, he I don't know it's kind of like a like a I would say almost like an alternative R and B like pop kind of sound yeah definitely and, um, I don't know like I guess I would have to speak with him to get. Um, like all the like his whole kind of process and influences and stuff but it, it is like I can imagine that he's at least drawing a little bit from uh the uh R&B you guys picked up in in your childhood definitely do, do you end up um, talking about like some of that throwback stuff like when you're talking about his music and stuff yeah definitely um yeah we both love R&B and rap uh Usher we grew up you know Usher was big yeah. uh Destiny Child like uh like I said Marvin Gaye Earth Wind and Fire um Luther Vandross I grew up in all this old like R&B stuff so yeah you can definitely hear that and I like you mentioned like all the different genres he kind of crosses over um because like I said I think it's cool that he kind of doesn't just stick with one thing and kind of diversify the type of music he makes yeah. um but yeah R&B was definitely huge uh, part of our childhood. My mom, when we first moved here, actually, she got like three tickets to see Earth on a Fire, and she didn't take me, and I was so offended. I'm like, Mom, like, why are you taking that one to go? But it's like her and her friend, you know, I was like in fifth grade, I'm like, I'm take it like a good kid. Um, yeah, I've definitely loved R&B. Um, I think I tweeted the story already, but I, um, growing up, we didn't have Spotify, obviously, and uh, my mom played Hall Notes a lot, and I didn't know they were white until like fifth grade, so that was like a huge moment for me. I was like, oh my god, they're white guys. But, yeah, I didn't know that. I'm guessing because most of the artists we growing up were like black, you know, so that was kind of funny when that happened. But um, yeah, R&B definitely has had a huge impact in our lives. And it's like, it's been cool. Like I said, kind of now that I'm older, I've like been going back and like listening to more stuff. Um, like a lot of jazz, like Nina Simone. Um, my friend Eli, um, he actually put me on to, um, his name is Larry Hurd. He's like a house, like EDM type artist. He's been really cool too. He's black from Detroit. Um, so yeah, it's been really cool just to kind of learn more about the history of uh, Black artists in America and like how everything's really connected in a, a way we don't really think about. So it's been really interesting for sure. Yeah. No. Oh, and you know what? I this is fully off topic now, but <laughs> That's fine. Um, we'll, I'll get back to that. Uh, it's funny. I yeah, I said I, I'm not like I wasn't a huge Foster the People fan, but it's funny. I recently got a press email with 
an EP from one or two of the members of Foster the People doing like a new like post-punk thing. It sounded like some just like Joy Division type shit. Okay. It very. It was very good. I will have to find that and send it to you. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Um, right. Yeah, I I haven't listened to a lot of their new stuff. I think the last album I listened to by them was um, their second album. Mm. Um, what was it? I forgot the name of it. Oh, it's Supermodel. I think it's Supermodel. I forgot. Yeah, right. um, but yeah, they're really talented. And yeah, like I said, they definitely challenged me a lot um, when it comes to lyricism and music, just like the stuff we talk about. Um, and definitely Supermodel even more so than the first album was like a lot more like sonically, um, I guess expansive is the word you could use for it. Uh, but also Mark Foster's from Ohio too. So that was definitely a huge uh, okay. like inspiration for me too, you know. Yeah. Um, I look up to them a lot. Um, but yeah, that definitely is cool to like see them doing something new, you know, because I think a lot of bands get caught in this like trap of like either making the same music forever or like, trying something new and then getting like, you know, called out for like, Oh, I want you to do this, you know? So yeah. I've definitely learned it's important for bands to just do what they want when it comes to uh, being creative because people are going to be mad regardless. So you might as well just do what you feel is uh, most true to what you're doing. Mm. Have you like, I know like you didn't have much like involvement or connection to specifically like Ohio music when you were living there but have you like kind of gone back and found any like Ohio stuff that's interested you like recently? Um, yeah a few people here and there um not too many um yeah there's been some like they're usually bigger bands that are already like pretty popular though mm. um but there's even been like uh, this one kid um I didn't look up his name I forgot but he like hit me up he's from Ohio and he found this blog somehow and I don't think he even knew that was from Ohio but I told him like, yeah I'm from there and he was like I think 18 or 19 and I was like talking to him about music. So I was really cool to like meet someone younger than me and kind of help him out because he wanted to help with like, you know, like how to like do like production and stuff and like uh, putting together press emails and all that. Um, so I thought that was cool. Like he even found the website in the first place, but they were both from Ohio, you know? So um, that was definitely, that was um, this year, I think that happened. That was a really cool moment. Um, but yeah, I haven't really seen too many bands. I need to definitely go back and um, look some stuff up. Um, but actually we were planning on going to Ohio uh, this summer, but obviously COVID, we didn't want to travel um so next year we're gonna try to go in the summer so we'll be cool maybe go to some shows if it's a possibility and try to find some new bands yeah no and uh it's funny i'm off the top of my head i'm just trying to think of ohio bands but i think all i can think of is is or black keys from ohio yeah <laughs> yeah you, you you into them and all is that yeah their older stuff is really good um my friend from high school he's actually in, in college kings too he's a lead singer at noah um I haven't talked to him. In, I need to hit him up actually. But um, his dad saw the Black Keys in Ohio like before like, anyone knew who they were. It was like at some random bar, and it was like ten people there. So that's a pretty cool story. He told me that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, their older stuff is a lot better to me. Um, it just felt more um, authentic, I guess. It was more just like just like gritty, you know, rock and roll. And I think when they kind of crossed over into pop, it kind of just it's not bad, but it's just not really for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were at the Sprint Center, I think, last year or yeah. No, it's funny. I ended up at that show and. How was it? I went because Modest Mouse was opening, and I okay. used to be pretty into Modest Mouse, like, in high mm-hmm. school. And I never saw them. And Modest Mouse did not sound good at all. Like I heard that. <laughs> yeah, I, Isaac, the singer, he, yeah, just sounded kind of rough. And he was, like, missing, like, he, he would, like, I think, like, oh, I remember, like, he missed, like, he was, like, a beat behind and like missed words on like float on which i i kind of get because i'm sure they have to play that every fucking show and right probably hates it by now mm-hmm. but i was like oh this isn't very fun to watch but black like i'm, I'm not a huge black keys fan but they they did have a much more like solid performance than i was definitely yeah it's a modest mouse uh uptown theater i think it was like uh, 2015 2016 i don't remember Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of the same thing. Like he was having problems with the sound guy. Apparently, the lead singer was. So I don't know if that's like a pattern or not. I really don't follow them that closely, but um, it was still a good show overall. But you could tell he was like kind of like over it. Um, but I think it was also like towards the end of the tour too. So usually around that time, a lot of bands, you know, kind of the fatigue, you know, of touring, kind of get to them. So I'm pretty understandable about that. Um, but yeah, Modest Mouse. I don't, I don't know if it's just like a one-time thing or if they always have issues with playing live. But um, they were still. Yeah, it was a cool show to see regardless. But um yeah black keys i don't uh stadium shows i don't mind going to them but i kind of prefer smaller venues you know this is more intimate setting but um yeah i mean i'm I'm totally cool with what they're doing but yeah i've definitely kind of fallen off from their stuff over the past few years for sure are there any like um 
like kind of more intimate shows that you've seen, like that you've gone to cover for uh, Beyond the Sound that really kind of pop out to you as, as favorites? Yeah, um, just recently, uh, Rico Nasty. Um, that was yeah. this time last year, actually. Um, and actually, I shot Wes uh, Lewis, a photographer from here. I, I, that was the first time I ever hung out with him, uh, my friend Gina. Um, that was a really cool show. Um, and it was sold out. Um, and it was one of those shows, like, after it was over, I wanted it to, like, restart, like, right after that, because it was so fun. Um, but I think that we gave her the son's birthday or something. So I think that's why the uh, show was shorter than usual. But it was still, like, I think an hour long anyway. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, but that was a really cool show. And um, Amir Wang opened up for her, too. That was really cool to see a local artist. Um, another example is that Aishan at the Midland. Uh, he opened up for uh, Schoolboy Q. That was really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah, I was actually working that night. I wasn't able to cover it, but it was cool to see, you know, him on stage like that. People were really engaged in what he was doing. Um, and there's been a lot of examples like that. Um, well, so I can't. Oh, that, that Rico Nasty show, too. Like, that was, it was yeah, it was, it was good performances. But also, like, I feel like everyone I know was at that show. Like, right. <laughs> I knew, like, 20, 30 people there. That's like, either. I don't think I... I don't think I saw you at that show. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Oh no, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there are people there that I didn't even realize were there. <laughs> yeah, like one of my friends, like she was there, and then we became friends after that show. I was like, oh yeah, I was there too. I'm like, yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, you were right. Everyone was at that show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been some cool shows for sure. Um, and then one of the coolest like things I've done uh, was Young and Giant. We met them um, in Liberty Hall in Lawrence. Um, like we just stood outside after the show, you know, to um, get autographs and stuff. And I met one of them, and he, like, the lead singer took my, like, jacket and vinyl, like, took it on the tour bus, and they all signed it. Like, that was really cool, because he didn't have to do that, you know? Um, and then I talked to the lead guitar player, um, Eric, um, and I told him about Beyond the Sound and everything. He was like, yeah, like, I'll definitely do an interview, like, whenever I'm back in town. And, like, a year and a half later, they were back, and he still did it. And I thought that was really cool, you know, because they're, like, a really big band. Um, he didn't have to, like, do that at all. He could have, like, said, fuck off, you know, whatever, <laughs> and just, like, forgot about me. Um, so that was really a uh, cool experience. They're one of my favorite bands like, since high school. Um, so, yeah, to be able to meet them, uh, to interview Eric was really cool. Um, so, yeah, those are definitely some of the most, like, uh, valued memories I've had over the past few years, for sure. Oh, yeah. And, I, yeah, I, I mentioned that I didn't do, like, a ton of, like, the kind of early 10s indie stuff. But they, they Young the Giant definitely kind of stuck out to me as, like, a band that, like, I don't know. I I just kind of happen to enjoy them more than a lot of their their kind of peers, and I, I didn't I didn't keep up with them super closely. But I, I wish I did I did get to see them at some point. Yeah, I saw them um, at Liberty Hall, and then I saw them again at uh, Power and Light. Uh, it's actually a funny story. I don't know if you remember Zarbar uh, across the street. I, I never made it there, but I I knew about it. Yeah, yeah, I've been to a few shows there. Um, I actually won tickets to see the Giant there. But I was 17 at the time, so they mm. wouldn't let me go in. I was so upset. Those are one of my favorite bands. And um, obviously, I think looking back on I probably could have gotten in if I would have used more of my, like, savvy I have now. But I was so, you know, shy and timid back then. I don't want to, like, roughly any feathers or anything. So I was just like, oh, forget about it. But, yeah, that definitely still stays to this day. Because that was such a small venue, you know. So to see one of your favorite bands would have been really cool. But I got to meet, you know, meet them and uh, still see them multiple times. So it's it's fine. But that would have been a really cool experience. But, I don't think Zarbar is even there anymore. They replaced it with the restaurant or something. So, yeah, yeah it's definitely of the past. <laughs> did, did you ever end up sneaking into any shows? No, nah, I got to go home. No, yeah. uh, a little too shy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I know I asked you about, like, some of your favorite, like, local 2020 releases. But something I also wanted to ask was who, like, other than people that are, like, releasing stuff like this year and that are like kind of getting popular mm -hmm. locally. I guess I would want to get your opinion on like locally who to look for in 2021, like who, who, who are not enough people locally like talking about, or like some, who are some people that like, like local music fans might not know about. That's a good question. Um, there's a few, um, I'm trying to think. Hmm. I'm going to actually look at my phone. No, uh, there's okay. a few off the top of my head, like um, uh, Mild Lagoon. He's actually in Arizona now. Um, he does, like, some pretty, like, interesting, like, electronic, like, type of, like, ambient type of stuff. He's really cool. Um, we actually became become friends recently, too. So it's been nice to get to know him more. Um, who else? Um, a good friend of mine, Lumeric. He's a rapper. He lives in uh, North Kansas City. He's really talented. Um, his friend um, Sleepwalker is a, his producer. He just released a project uh, a few days ago, actually, and it's really good. Yep. 
Um, there's some other people. It's so hard to think off the top of my head. How would you um, How would you describe uh, Lamerick's style? Um, it's just like very traditional rap, like a lot of stuff. But he's definitely tried. Um, he's been doing more of like um, he's added more of like vocal stuff to his uh, sound. I guess Drake would be the easiest person to compare it to. You know, Drake does that melodic type stuff. So he's been doing more of that too. Um, but yeah, I think he definitely needs some. Uh, he deserves more exposure. He actually opened up for um, uh, Denzel Curry in Florida. I think it was last year or the year before that. I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, he opened up for him, so that was really cool. Um, but I think lots of people knew about that here because it was a different state. Um, but yeah, he's really talented as well. Let me see. Yeah, in in uh, Denzel's home state. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's really cool. Um, who else? I'm trying to see. Um, Riley the musician, obviously, he's had a great year, but I think he definitely deserves uh, even more recognition because he has um, a really cool sound that you don't really hear a lot. Um, yeah, he Arthur, out- oh, what are you going to say? Sorry. Oh, yeah, he put out his Anna Kennedy EP. Yeah, yeah that was this summer, I believe. Um, Oxford Remedy, I think you interviewed them recently, too. Yeah, they're they're really good. Um, in Sydney, I've known her for actually a long time because um, she was uh, her brother, um, my brother Denzel, knew him and uh, our friends. Like, So she was basically like a friend in a sibling. So I've known her for like years, actually. So it's really cool to see her um, actually like, still doing music, you know, because she was like pretty young at the time. So she wasn't really playing anything. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see what they do next um i'm trying to see who else oh yeah they like even like between their their first two singles they put out and their ep that they put out they they changed a lot and they they were telling me about how how different already that the their next release is going to be so no yeah and I love it's that. definitely fun to watch like all the the younger bands uh evolve in their Definitely. their early years like that like yeah, same, same with like lk ultra i don't know if you're familiar with them but I've heard that name before you should send me some stuff um yeah but I, that name sounds familiar um, and then um, Aaron Alexander, um, he's obviously had some success, but I think he definitely deserves a lot more recognition. He's one of my favorite rappers, um, and his attention to detail. Um, yeah. I guess the new project that came out is really, really good. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I no, yeah, I was re listening to uh, Kush Love Effect the other day, and like, I, I, I don't know what, like, maybe I just wasn't looking in the right places, but I, I was just thinking about yesterday, like, how little attention that that album got and like yeah, I, I don't crazy. know if they just like didn't care to push it really hard or like they just didn't have like the right people to get it to or whatever but right I, I'm that's still one of my favorite local releases. No, I agree yeah. yeah um he's been so consistent too since I've started like covering music he's been one of the people I've always seen um that's been doing stuff um I know he's been like lying pretty low this year but other than that project obviously but yeah, yeah he's He's one of the most talented rappers I've heard, not even just Kansas City in general. So, yeah, I really hope he gets more attention uh, the next few years. I'm trying to see um, Dame, obviously, is really cool. Um, his video has been doing really well on YouTube and stuff, so it's been yeah. really cool to see. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of people. Um, I know after we're done talking, I'm going to think of like 10 people after we get off the call. Um, yeah, it's just a few people to name. But, yeah, I just really think it's important. Like, I wanted to see people do well, you know. Um, and obviously, I know my platform isn't the biggest in the world, but I just want to be able to, um, for people to know that we care, you know, and like, so they don't feel like no one's listening or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's so much talent here, you know, so I think there's a lot of um, success to be had. It just hasn't really gotten there yet. But yeah, I'm excited to see what happens in the next few years for sure. Yeah. And uh, I guess, um, is, is there anything that you want to like tease for like just articles or any other like content for beyond the sound that you're working on right now that people should look out for? Yeah. So beyond the booth, I'm definitely going to like push that really hard. Um, I have some episodes I'm going to do uh, this week. I have the next few already planned out actually. Um, and I'm going to tease a little bit. I actually was going to do some cypher videos this year. I thought that would be cool. Yeah. Um, kind of an XXL type thing. Um, but also just COVID once again, I didn't want to risk it. Um, just for filming and everything. Um, so yeah, my goal for next year, probably January, February, is to start doing that. Um, I think it'll be cool to kind of see some local rappers kind of, I've never seen a lot of them freestyle before either. And I don't, they don't have to, obviously. Um, but obviously freestyle is a huge part of like hip hop and like the history of it. Um, so it'll be cool to see some local rappers kind of in that context because I haven't seen, I think I, I think it was, um what's his name? Aaron from uh, Star. I forgot his last name. Yeah, Aaron Randall. Randall. Yeah, I think they did a cyber video uh, three or four years ago. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. It was like Roy Fresco and Zara and some other people in it. Um, but other than that, I haven't seen anyone really do one before. So I think that would be cool. And I want to be able to kind of parlay that into doing just like live performances in general, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely something I'm working on. Uh, and then the podcast, like I said. But, 
hopefully, yeah, if live music is a thing next year, then I can definitely get back into work. I think I do miss it a lot, but um, yeah, I definitely just want to be able to do different things I haven't tried before. Um, Cause I do think I want to, uh, I'm going to keep writing for sure, but I do think I want to take some time just to get better as a writer. I think I have some time to, some room to grow. Um, Cause I, I think it is as creatives in general, uh, we're usually the hearts on ourselves more than anyone else can be, you know? So there's been a lot of times where I want to write, but I don't feel motivated to. Mm. Um, and there's sometimes where, yeah, this came out really good. And other times like, I hate this, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I'm trying to find still, even four years later, trying to find my voice really in a way that um, I feel like I'm coming across the right way and not just saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely want to take more time to kind of focus on my writing, but also do some stuff I haven't done before as well. Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited to see uh, like all the all the new podcasts and what you, what you come up with uh, next Definitely, year. man. You too. Uh, yeah, where can people follow Beyond the Sound and find the podcast and everything? Yeah, so it's Twitter and Instagram. It'll be at b y d t h e s o u n d, and the website and all that's on there. And then my personal one, just Cameron Capers, is the same thing, like just one word. Uh, I'm not creative enough to think of anything like a clever Instagram name. Uh, like all my stuff is just my name. I just, yeah, I don't have to, I'm like, I don't know what else to put. Um, so yeah, that's basically where I'm at. Um, I'm not on Facebook anymore. I think I'm, I deactivated my account actually recently. I'm just so over Facebook. It's, um, it's just like a black hole of like nothing. It's everyone just, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Twitter and Instagram is the best place to reach me uh, beyond the sound. Um, yes, yeah, basically it. And uh, beyond the booth is on SoundCloud, but also Apple podcasts. Yeah. And Spotify as well. Yeah. You know, if you go to like Twitter, and Instagram, the website's right there. So if you go to the website, it gets all, it's all there. So you can find everything in one spot. Awesome. Yeah. And people can follow at Shuttlecock Mag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I got, shellcockmag.bigcartel.com which is the web store there's t-shirts photozines and buttons um subscribe wherever you watch or listen to the podcast uh, i think that's it <laughs> thank you for being on the show finally it's been it's been a long time coming it, exactly yeah it's weird like i said we know each other pretty well so it's like it's weird um, oh yeah just the timing never really lined up but right yeah how do we got to it <laughs> definitely man Awesome. Well, I will stop the recording now.